One guy's a three-time Pro Bowler, the other's a three-time Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year, and together, they're just two guys talking pack. This is the Coon Podcast with Jason Wildey and John Coon. It is episode seven of He's the back to counting them. wildly popular, I wrote it down this week so I wouldn't forget, the wildly popular The John Coon Podcasts. Starring the three-time Pro Bowl fullback, a man among men, a mensch, an icon, a phenomenon, a fan favorite, John And a three-time Wisconsin Writers of the Year, <laughs> Jason Wildy. Is it yeah. just because well, now that Wildy I look, doesn't ring, come off the tongue it the, does quite not. the same way? It does not. No one's yelling that in the crowd, I can tell you that much. But you know what? I, I introduced myself last week, and I feel like that was a mistake. No, I feel like that was great. Now people can put a you know a name I to a voice. Complain when the questions suck. Absolutely. Now they got somebody to come after and attack. So you're here. I'm here. You are not a player anymore. So did you still have to work during the bye, or did you get a few days off yourself? Well, I got off kind of like the players did. Uh, I, I had to fill a little bit of content last week, but not nearly as much because there isn't as much content when the players are out of town. Interesting how that works. Yeah. So, what did you do with your bye week? I took it like I used to take the bye weeks when I, you know, when I when I played here in Green Bay, and you know, I took the wife and the kids down to Chicago. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much fun. of a dent did you make on oh, Michigan we, Avenue? We did a. It was. It, <laughs> you know, it wasn't as much on Michigan Avenue as it was when I was playing. The checks were much larger when I was playing, so that so we could, you know, we could do a lot bigger dent when I was playing. But uh, podcasts we, are very lucrative, from what I understand. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. But anyways, uh, we went there. We took the kids to the shed aquarium, which that's great. That's a great aquarium. They have those beluga whales and Brian beluga whales. Well, the best part is they're trying to name one right now, and it was being thrown out there as what? What's the new name for the new baby beluga? And of course, my wife and I. Well, it's got to be Brian, right? It's not not in Brian. Chicago, it's not. Um, so that was fun. That's yeah, awesome. We did did that. you go to that big new Starbucks that they opened on I, Michigan I Avenue? I did. 200 people around the corner waiting in a line to get into a Starbucks. I said, nope, I'm going to order on my mobile app and go to this one that's a block away and walk in and get You're it. You're smart. Very yeah, savvy. I don't know. I'm just impatient. I am impatient as well. So, so it was different. You used to do that during buys. As yeah. a player. Well, I used to, and that's what, uh, for the most, that's what we did most bye weeks. My wife and I, that was kind of like our bi-yearly thing. We'd go down during the bye, and then we'd go one time in the spring, you know, do two Chicago trips a year. But it was always the bye week because a long weekend, that's about all you want to spend in Chicago, and that's what we thats what we did when I was playing, you know, for the most part, all except for probably one year. So we talked to Aaron Rodgers earlier in the week and asked him about his bye, and he said, you know, he he worked on his body, which I'm not entirely sure what that meant. That was <laughs> a little bit weird. Um, but then he said something interesting, that he said that he stayed around, not necessarily around Green Bay, but in the in the United States. In the continental U.S.? Because he said that in past buys, he has gone international. You're Back it, you're really hammering me on this. You well, on you know, week. so so well, we yeah, do this so, podcast. Yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be all this, okay. you know, insider yeah. stuff with it John is, Coon. Yeah. And then I ask you about the buy, okay, and so, you clammed up on yeah. me. Oh yeah. So one year, and I told you for the majority of the years, I went down to Chicago. Yeah. 
one year we got out of Dodge and Aaron kind of treated uh, myself and Randall and our significant others to go uh, to a place warm late in the year in, in late October. And we went to Turks and Caicos and we had a nice private pool and a private Ooh. section on the beach and we had chefs and we 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 really just lived like kings for about three or four days it was fantastic so this was you and your wife yeah randall and his wife yeah and then aaron and the and the person he was dating at the time at the time yes Oh, you just got a kick out of that. See, this is where you were going. Then this is where you were going with it. Okay. So when you do that, like how, because you've talked before about that feeling, and we actually mentioned it last week when you wouldn't talk about this trip, um, how you would get antsy around the 4th of July for the start of training yeah. camp. So when you go like off the grid, yeah. right? You were got, I mean, yeah, you see, go this, there, that's kind of what you And this are. was great because this was off the grid because this was the, you know, you go to Chicago during the bye week, you're still watching football, still worrying about football. There wasn't really much watching football down right. there. It was, you know, we were just relaxing, kind of, you know, just enjoying each other's company, enjoying the great weather. Actually, it rained. <laughs> Funny thing, it rained all but probably four oh, hours of us being shame. down there. <laughs> yeah, that's it was really too bad. Shame. But we still enjoyed it. We still got in the pool. We still had a blast. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you do kind of unwind a little bit when you when you go off the grid like that, and that's what we did. So I say this as your friend. You're you're somewhat light complected. Was it probably good that it rained as much as it did? Could, would you have fried to a crisp if you were on the beach? The too much? I'm I'm stuck with this conundrum of how much sunblock do I put on because I can easily just and I do it all the time use a whole spray bottle of fifty and just I'm good for the day. I okay. can take my I can I can wear a bathing suit, use a whole bottle of fifty aerosol spray and be good. But then like a speedo? No, not a speedo, okay. but just you know, I mean three quarter thigh. <laughs> I was gonna say half thigh, but that's even too short. Three quarter thigh Swim trunks and and That's I can some great use, quads. I'll, use, I'll use a whole spray bottle, uh, but then I'm stuck in the conundrum. Did I just offset the sunburn uh, cancer risk by having the aerosol oh, cancer that's risk? A good point. I'm I'm really you know I really should probably just stay inside. <laughs> well, you didn't do that for that bye week, but what did you make of what Rogers said when he was talking about that? Because part of his reasoning was he made a reference to how appreciative he is that they're in the position that they are. And I'm not saying that you guys going to – because that would have been, what, 14 maybe, the year that you went know. to the NFC Championship well, it, game it, again? No, it was actually this – is, this is why I was reluctant to tell you this last week, because it was in 15. But do you remember what we were before the bye in 15? Mm, you were 6-0 and oh to start okay, the season. Okay, do you remember what happened after the bye in 15? Yeah, you sucked. We lost the first three games after the bye. Oh. And in no way, <laughs> no way, was it related right. to our, oh, to our sure. no. trip. And, and, and it's coming off the heels of you asking about Tony Romo and Nakabo and how they <laughs> lost in the playoffs. And I'm like, I can't tell this guy this story. I love it. I, I had no idea. Oh, yeah. That's great. Yeah, it's amazing the kinds of things you can happen. And so, well, we're glad you told the story this week. But what do you make of what Rogers said? I, I thought that that was really I interesting. You know what? And and heck, I'd be remiss if I didn't think a little bit of what we did in fifteen isn't just in the back of his head. And he's like, you know what? I have plenty long of an off season to enjoy. I mean, he has a house in Scottsdale. He has a house in San Diego. He's got plenty of sun in the off season. 
why not just stay home and take care of your body and right. and get refreshed and get rejuvenated and get acupuncture and those little suction cups that makes it look like you got abused by Ooh, by a are, uh, so by a weird. squid. But do those and work? Did you ever do it? I did it. Does it work? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to try that. Out of all the stuff that I've done, I don't know if there's really a technique that you get off the table and you go, eh, I'm fixed. So massages work? Massages I do like, but they don't feel, you know, if you're really if you're really beat up, they don't work the next day. It takes two days later because the next day okay. you actually feel worse. Because it's so yeah, intense? You, yeah, you actually feel worse the next day. One time, you know, there is one thing, there is one thing that I got off the table and I thought, well, that might have worked, but I almost didn't get off the table, and I was getting well, acu- I, yeah, I was getting acupuncture, and it was the piston technique. Now, most acupuncture, Ooh, most acupuncture, they stick about one hundred and fifty-seven needles in your back while you lay there, and they just kind of tap them in, and you don't even flinch. You know, James Harrison has made this famous because he goes extra and has three million uh, little tiny needles in his big back and okay. so so that's normally what people do but this technique it's called the piston technique where they take one needle and they put it in a hot spot and then they wiggle it around all crazy and they it, it feels like somebody is pulling a live gremlin out from your inside now the my issue at the time was a groin and it was a high groin that's and think a, about where the high groin a dangerous is location. Okay? so when the doctor started to piston this acupuncture needle. You were getting pistoned. I almost pissed into space. Like I jumped, <laughs> I jumped out of the table and said, What are you doing? And he goes, You have to lay back, you have to trust me. It was agonizing pain, this this uh, oh. piston technique for about a solid three to five minutes. And then I got off the table, put some ice on it, went home and I my groin was fixed. Was. That was the one and only time. Everything else, you know, the suction cups, the stim the stim machine is the biggest joke. The stim machine is Okay, the so explain joke. to people what that is, because I've seen it in the locker room. Obviously. The stim machine is they, they attach a couple wires up above something, a couple wires below something, and then they run a current from the one set of wires to the other. And they get it to just about the point where you feel like you have a battery you know, touching your skin, just to the point where you can feel something a little bit ticklishy inside you. That, listen. You don't think it does anything? And that does nothing. That does nothing. So... I've never done acupuncture. I know Rogers believes in it. You said you've done other than just the piston technique. I've done I've done all the stuff. And and can you feel the like I don't want to get poked 157 times. You can't really feel those. Now the piston technique you can feel, but you these these you don't really feel. And and listen, I did it all. I did it all. Every single thing, every treatment that they said you could do, I did every single one. I can't say there's a whole lot that fixes you. Really? Yeah. I mean, the placebo effect is great, and yeah, you feel a little bit better, but I, I mean, I'd be willing to say if you just sat in a cold tub every day for 20 minutes, by the time the next Sunday rolled around, you'd feel pretty close to the same as you know if you're spending $1,000 a week on all these treatments. So right now, and not that this team doesn't need those kinds of treatments or isn't utilizing them, but boy, and I'll knock on wood on their behalf, are they healthy? I'll say so. I'll say so. And, you know, there was a lot of talk about Matt's play or, I mean, practice style and how it was in training camp, how it was at the beginning of the season and how guys weren't going to hit people at practice and there was going to be no pushing to the ground or taking to the ground. And and some of us, myself included, we kind of chuckled at this. We're thinking, boy, this is, this is a lot different than what we've seen right. around here. At the, but I have to. 
I have to. I would not be a man if I didn't step back and say, it's worked. Right. These guys are healthy. These guys are fresh. And I watched one-on-one today, and I watched guys running at 110% on a turf field, battling it out in routes because they can, because their bodies feel that good. It's, it's, rather, it's rather refreshing to see. How unusual, having played as long as you did, how unusual is it? to be in this position health-wise at with six games. I have, I have, I don't know if I've ever seen it. And, and I say that, you know, maybe there's another year we can point to 14, statistically. Maybe? If somebody, I saw there was an article where they broke down statistics and 14 was kind of close, but I've never seen it where it just felt like we were waiting for an injury to happen. And it just, you know, it, it, it doesn't really happen. I right. mean, we, we, Kevin King missed a couple plays or a couple series or, or was on a pitch count because of his groin. Um, he needs the pistol Dar- technique. Dar- yeah. Darnell Savage missed a couple games and Devontae obviously missed his four. But other than that, knock on wood, we have been significantly healthy. And I always thought we, when the bye week came around, I always thought, man, bye week's week four this year. That stinks. It's really early, but. Boy, we need it. We got right. guys injured. Right. Bye weeks, week 11. Man, that's awfully late for the bye week. You'd like it to be like six, seven, eight. But boy, we need it. Right. This year, we rolled up on the bye, and it's like, can we bank this? Can we wait until somebody actually gets injured and just right. use a bank la- or use a bye layer? Because I've never been on a bye week. This is the first time I've ever seen a bye week where the team didn't need it for their health. Now, obviously, they got healthier. Right. You know, Robert, Robert Tanyan. He's back at practice. You know, and some of these guys who had light hamstrings or light calves, they're back at practice and they're playing. And I'm sure they're feeling much better than what they felt just two weeks ago when they played their game. One more thing on the injury front, because 2014 is the year that I think of most comparable, and you guys go to the NFC Championship game, and we know what happens in Seattle after you take the 16 to nothing lead. You, in 2010, win a Super Bowl. Now, the, the sheer number of guys on injured reserve was significant, and a couple of guys that were important to what you did in Nick Barnett and Jermichael Finley were among those players, but... You know, Desmond Bishop comes in and plays really well for Nick Barnett, and and at Tom Crabtree comes in and plays right. well. Corliss played Sam okay for him. Shields comes in and plays right. well. So, if you look at this team now, and they can have this kind of good fortune going forward, but let's say there's one injury somewhere, do do you see the depth that can survive it? Because they haven't been asked to yet. But they, we still have six more weeks of this, of games that count. In the Let me tell you about the depth right now. When you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, you always have the depth because he makes everybody around him better. So as long as Aaron – now there's now there's severity. There's certain guys that you just really shouldn't lose, like Bakhtiari right. or, you know, Devontae. Yeah, but even though we went 4-0 without uh, – you know, or one of the Smiths. Uh, God forbid. But as long as we have Aaron, as long as Aaron's healthy, uh, we do have the depth to continually make our run if if one of these uh, injuries would happen to us. It, you know, we're all hoping that doesn't happen. But the name of the game is, and it's still going to remain this name, it's injuries and it's how you're playing when the playoffs start. you got to get hot for mm-hmm. three or four games in the playoffs, and you got to be healthy. So that, that that's really what it comes down to. Packers taking on the 49ers on Sunday night football this week, and we'll talk more about that as the Coon podcast rolls on. But I want to talk about something that happened you know, during the bye week, and that was obviously the Miles Garrett situation uh, with him taking off Ooh. Mason Rudolph's helmet and Ooh. then trying to crown him with it. Um, that was obviously a big, huge story 
in the NFL. What did you think of it? I thought it was it was disgusting, and and what has happened since then has been, I, I mean, it's been outrageous. the the way The way people have run with this and the way this has gotten taken is is just. It's overwhelming. Now, let me first say, in my opinion, if you hit somebody in the head with a helmet, he's lucky the helmet hit him the way that it did. Because if that helmet's turned about 180 degrees and he hits him on the head with the butt of the helmet, we could be talking about a death or, or a vegetable right now. We're, we're, we're not because of a little chance of fate, not because of something that he did, but because of something that accidentally didn't happen. Now, everybody's talking about... How long should this suspend? I, I, you need to make a statement here. You need to make a statement. This guy needs to be out for a significant amount of time. I mean, he, he attacked a guy with a helmet. With a helmet. Now, let's say this. In football, you can do a lot more on the field than what you can do walking the street. Right. In the United States, you can hit people, you can tackle people, you can push them to the ground, you can foul them, you can do all these things, and and that's all deemed okay. But there is there is a line in the sand that's drawn, and most people know this to be when a guy gets compromised, when his helmet gets taken off, you don't take advantage of that moment. We saw it a couple times throughout the history of this game, and everybody will, will wholeheartedly admit that once that helmet comes off, that guy, it's almost like hockey players when they get taken to the ice, the fight's over. Right. You know, when the helmet comes off, the fight's over. Okay. And I hear everybody saying, Mason Rudolph is at fault. Mason Rudolph apologized yesterday for his part in all this. But my problem with that is what Mason Rudolph did all the way up to the moment where his helmet got ripped off and even slightly after, what he did is not something that we don't see every Sunday. We see people lose their tempers, tempers every Sunday. We see guys talk trash. We see guys, you know, foul people. We see guys getting penalties for unsportsmanlike conduct. Where this was different, where this act was different, was the moment Miles Garrett decided to swing a helmet, a weapon, at a head of a human being. And that's where this took a different toll from anything else that we normally see. So this is not like anything else. And Miles Gar- or, uh, Mason Rudolph should not have to apologize for doing something that happens every Sunday. If so, I want the next guy who gets a personal foul to come out and apologize on air. It's just, it's just ridiculous to think that he should have to apologize for his quote-unquote part in this whole thing. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday. The indefinite suspension of Miles Garrett has been upheld. Has been upheld, and and so they haven't. They still haven't set a timeline. They up. haven't set a timeline, and you know I think the rest of the season is good, but it's not for me to 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 weigh in on. I just think you don't compare this to anything that's really ever happened before. I know there was one instance with where Richie a guy, yes, with Richie Incognito. But and he was on the receiving end. Yeah, but this is a this is a Thursday night national game with a guy who has a little bit of a history hitting a defenseless guy with his own helmet. It's you you got to make a statement, you got to make a mark cuz I mean and 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 again I go back to this is not Mason Rudolph's fault. I mean, if I come up behind you at a stoplight and I am emphatically honking my horn because I don't like the way you're driving or you're driving too slow, and you get out of the car and shoot a gun at me, I'm not going to apologize to you because of the part that I played in it. it, right. it you crossed the line. Now, I might apologize because you pointed a gun at me. I might just tell you anything you want to hear. But that's it's just unbelievable. He could have killed him with the helmet. It's just it's awful. Now, I have seen that Miles Garrett has come out now and said, 
um, that there was a racial slur said. If there was a racial slur said, that, that, that changes everything. Mason Not, Rudolph has denied it, Mason, and he has a lawyer denying yes, and, it and, for and him. He, and he denies it. And so, so I don't know which way to go with that. I'm going to make an assumption here that Mason Rudolph did not say a racial slur with the fact that it took seven days for that to, to make it out. Right. Um, I could be wrong, and if I am, then that changes my whole thought on everything. But at this time, at this point in time, I'm going to assume that he didn't say racial slur, that this was two guys in a scrum, and that one guy decided to take it just a bit too far. So two questions. Well, maybe a lot a bit too far. A lot too far. So, but, but I'm glad you say it that way because that's one of the things I wanted to ask you, which is, so I've seen so many times over the years, whether it's in training camp or whether it's in a game, that when the anger gets the best of a player, they do something stupid. For instance, we see all the time players that are so angry during a practice or a game that they swing with their hand and try to punch a guy yeah. who is wearing his helmet. Yeah. It is completely stupid. Yeah, it's there stupid. is no, no win there. It's stupid, but it's okay. But it's okay. It is okay, but here's my it's question. Okay. It, so it's you're a- doing something that you would never normally be stupid enough to do. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm I'm not in any way excusing his behavior. I think you're a thousand percent right. How often do you end up with a helmet in your hand. Well, listen, not very often, but let me go back to that. Okay. okay. Let me go back to that. Now, yes, there. I, I told you, the the somebody throwing a punch, eh, you're going to get ejected. Man, eh, you're going to get a flag. But right. nobody, nobody around the NFL is going to look at you like you're you're right. you, you did Out something crazy. Right. You know what I mean? There is a fine line. Now, remember Super Bowl Forty Nine. The biggest stage an NFL game can possibly be played on: the Seahawks and the Patriots. There was a fight in the next-to-last play where guys were taken to the ground. Plenty of punches were thrown. I think Bruce Irvin was the only one thrown out of the game. But nobody got a suspension. Why did nobody get a suspension? Because nobody got hit in the head with a helmet. Right. Bruce Irvin actually had his helmet taken off, and the fight for him ended the moment his helmet was taken off. Right. The biggest stage. Biggest stage. Not one suspension going into the next year. Biggest stage. So what's the worst? If, if this is the worst... Right? This is the worst thing you've ever seen on a field? This is probably the worst thing I've ever seen. What else is in kind of the discussion for you? What other things have you seen as a player or just watching? Well, the Albert, the Albert Hainsworth face stomp was pretty bad. Um, yeah, that was not good. Andre Garad, is that who he stepped yeah, on, if I remember yeah, correctly? Yeah, and, and, and when Evan Dietrich Smith got stepped on, that... That was not. That was not good because that was that was a vicious stomp. You know, sometimes you see guys take a little step and they step on them. And listen, I I think the game has gotten a little bit soft. I, I liked when the game was played uh, a little bit more on edge. But this this is one thing of a few things that I think go way overboard because I'm for penalties for guys hitting people on cheap shots and right. stuff like that. I, I'm for the penalties with the cheap shots, but this is more than a cheap shot. This is, he has, he has a moment in time where the, the it's in his hand. It, this isn't a safety coming down on a wide receiver, running a slant, trying to dislodge the ball and accidentally hits him in the, in the neck head area. Right. You know, this is, he, he, he can see a guy who doesn't have a helmet on. And he has a helmet in his hands, which weighs one pound more than a brick that you build a house with. And he decides to take that 360 degrees around his right. shoulder Roundhouse. And, and, right. and, and, and nail it down like he's trying to put a post in the ground. So, all right, so you, nothing else comes close. Anything else that you've been involved with that 
was you were like, I can't believe I just saw that. Or well, I've seen yeah. So one time we were at practice, and I watched Nick Barnett, and he loved samurais. Like he loved samurais. <laughs> yes, for, he did. And I watched him do a jumping roundhouse kick uh, about a year after The Last Samurai came out. I'm sure he saw it on the movie and <laughs> thought it was fantastic. But I forget who was blo- Somebody was blocking him. It might have been Corey Hall was blocking him up through the middle and kind of had him and was blocking him and was driving him. And Nick couldn't get him off him. Nick couldn't get him off him. Finally got his hands released and did a jumping roundhouse kick at practice. And I thought that was pretty bad because he had spikes on that pales in comparison right. to, to what we're talking about here. Well, we'll see what indefinite ends up being, but that has been upheld. Marquise Pouncey's suspension was moved from three games to two, but that does mean he'll miss the rematch with uh, the Bron- And that's Browns. strategic, and I got no oh, problem no with that. I, I have no problem with that. Diffuse it. Diffuse it. We don't need to see what we saw Thursday. We don't need to see any more fights. It's, it's, I like football rough. I like football on the edge of the rules. I don't like football 100 miles past the edge of the rules. So one more thing that I want to talk about with you uh, before we start talking about the 49ers and the Packers on Sunday night, and that is you read uh, Matt Schneidman's piece on The Athletic about the 37 different players that have caught a touchdown, at least one touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers, and and Rodgers trying to come up with all 37. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't read the story, the, the last one he comes up with, even though there's some hints being dropped before that, um, the last one he manages is Jared Cook, and he's very angry with himself for not getting it. Um, he did have an awfully big catch in a playoff game yeah. um, with him. But you're you're really high on that list. Uh, not bad for a fullback. Oh, uh, there it is. There, that's You're what I've been waiting offended. for. No, that's what I've been waiting for. The not bad by a fullback. I, I have a segue the, for the best, this one. The best part about being a fullback is your greatest compliments coming from people is always in light of the fact that you're a fullback. Oh, it's it's like, well, it's great you had some touchdowns because you were a fullback. It's like, what? No, what are you trying to say? But you have you have ten, including playoffs, and and that's a lot of touchdowns receiving. I think is my point. Okay, is that, well, you know the fullback dive. You scored a lot on those, and you had some mixed reviews on your. You know, Lambo it's not leaks. called a fullback dive either. What's it called? I'm not in the huddle. Give yeah. me the play call. Well, the the uh, the one that worked all the time was 32 slam. People just they just 32 slam. 30, what does the 32 mean? Uh, we're running to the right. Yeah, listen. Anybody that has any football background will know. You know, uh, the 32 don't, slam. 30, much tw- 24 they'll, they'll, years they'll least, covering the team. They'll at least be able to figure it out. It's not 30 dive. But uh, well, you were number thirty. Yeah, yeah. Thirty-eight was, handback was a pretty good one too. That, thirty-eight uh, handback. Yeah, yeah, that was when I faked going to the right, came back to the left. Ooh, that's yeah. tricky. Mm-hmm. What what what's panther? What does that mean? Because yeah. Rodgers mentions that in the story. I yeah. think that's the touchdown to Ryan Taylor, maybe. Was yeah, that was a, a Panther. Yeah, that was a play we created uh, for to put every single tight end and maybe even one more tight end body on the field to try and confuse the uh, the defense, and then we'd run a pass play out of it. Oh, mm-hmm. very tricky. Well, the reason I said, other than to get under your skin, which I certainly enjoy doing as well, the reason I said for a fullback – I would say that this game, look, there's tons of aspects of this game, right? The the 49ers' defense and their pass defense are fantastic. They run the ball really well. The Packers struggle against the run. They have a great tight end if he's healthy with George Kittle. We don't know what his status will be, but the Packers have struggled to defend tight ends. But in addition to all those storylines, 
it's the fullback. Oh, yeah. Is it not? I was just talking to Danny Vitale about this, and this has got to do your heart good, that there are some teams, and I would add the cutting-edge offensive teams that have used and made the fullback, I don't want to steal any campaign slogans, but they've made fullback great again. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right there. And it's we've always said it, I mean, I it could have been wishful thinking, but we always said the fullback's going to make a comeback. You know, all you guys saying you're dinosaurs, you're dinosaurs. No, yeah. the fullback. You went to make three Pro Bowls because there weren't that many to vote I, for. Yeah, I mean, we, uh, let's be honest. They they got rid of it for the all. You can't even make an All Pro as a fullback anymore because it's not even it's not even Is listed. That right? It's I not never even, noticed uh, yeah, that. Yeah, it's not even eligible anymore. You can't even. Poor That's juice. Poor juice is it, the, the guy for 49ers that we're going to see here on Sunday. Right. Kyle Juszczyk, is that how you say it? I wasn't going to mention him by name. I'll just call him Juice, but if I had to say his full name, I'm going to say it really fast, like Juszczyk, just so that people... You're you a know, radio professional yeah. player. Um, but I, he is probably the best fullback of maybe the last 10, 15 years. And the poor well, guy, you were playing during that time. Yeah, he, yeah, he's... Uh, he's yeah, well, our, our, Hashtag breaking. John our, Kuhn says our Juice careers, was better than him. Our career spanned a few years. Um, he got me in my twilight years, I would say. Anyways, um, but he is, he is a tremendous talent um, because a lot of times you see the guys that can carry the ball at the fullback position, that can receive the ball at the fullback position, but they're not the best at blocking. And then the guys that are sledgehammers... They're not Can't quite. The they're things. not quite too nimble. Right. This guy does it all, and he does it with ease, and he does it with style. And he, I mean, he is really, really exciting to watch. He, the, the Danny's, Danny's tool set right now sets up for potential of a juice check. So that's that's what makes this exciting. And I really like um, juice. And I'm really excited to see this game. And the fact that he can't make an old pro, that's a sham. That's a sham. So I was talking to Danny about this, and he did say that Kyle kind of sets the standard, that he's the one right now. But um, as someone who has watched the position and played the position now, what do you think of Danny? Because I, I get the sense, and I could be proven completely wrong over the last six games, but we've seen some flashes from him, and I really feel like he's one of those guys that down the stretch with the right matchup, he could have a really big game where he helps your team in a huge way. Now, listen, it, I don't know how it's going to roll um, with Matt LaFleur, but when Coach McCarthy was calling the plays and we got to late November and December and even January, the fullback got on the field about twice as much as he did early in the season. Home field advantage, if we can get that, if we can play in sloppy weather, if we can play here in the cold, I don't see any reason why Danny isn't that guy who comes you know, and I don't want to say from out of nowhere because all Packer fans know who he is now, but comes from out of nowhere to start making uh, some splash plays, like a touchdown here or uh, or a game-breaking play there. I mean, he really does have that that skill set. He's he's super fast. I, I'm his speed is is the most incredible thing to me for for a fullback. Now he he says that's because he played super back in college. That is what they called it in North, <laughs> Northwest. Super back. And I said, well, why'd you switch to fullback? I would have just kept the name Superback. Started that thing in the NFL. Maybe, maybe they'd put a position for the All Pro for Superback. Can I get that included in the lexicon of Matt Lafleur's offense? You mentioned something else as you were talking about that, though. Home field advantage. Aaron Rodgers made the comment to us on Wednesday that we feel like we have to beat them there once. Yeah, these guys are doing a great job of dismissing how big this game really is. If you break down these five teams at the top. And they're all bunched. Yeah, and they all have eight wins or more. 
Okay, there's five teams right now at the top with eight wins or more. This game, if you win it, you can be the one seed. If you lose it, you can be the six seed. That's the difference. And why can you be six when there's five teams? Well, because somebody's got to win the NFC East, right? And they're going to be fourth for just winning the East. To go from one home field advantage to sixth and having that lie possibly on this one game. Now, San Francisco stretch, even if they win, it's going to be hard for them to still be the one seed because they got to play the Ravens, they got to play the Saints, they got to play the Rams, they got to play the Seahawks. Right. They have a brutal stretch coming up. But the Packers, they have the Minnesota Vikings, and then they have four teams with losing records. The Packers have beat, the Packers have beaten. Quite a few teams with winning records already this year. That's true. Now they're starting to reach the spot where they should win the games. Not they will. You know, there can always be a letdown like we talked a few weeks ago right. with our team in Buffalo. But they're starting to reach the point of their season where they should win the games. And that's why this one is huge. This is the biggest one of the year to date. So you're able to say that because you're not on the team. But I thought Aaron Rodgers came about as close as you could to basically saying that and acknowledging it as opposed to the Matt LaFleur hit the reset button, 1-0 every week. One at a time. We give him a really hard time one about that. One at a time. And now he's at the point that in press conferences he's acknowledging that, well, you guys, I know you guys find it ridiculous or funny or whatever. <laughs> um, but how big is it? Like, how big, if you were preparing for this game and you're doing the one game at a time when you're talking to well, us, what, is, what do you think? And this is why I'm saying the guys are doing a great job in the locker room of not letting this get out. Because if I was Aaron, if I was an older vet, if I was a Tremont, I'm explaining to these guys, listen, and I'm using historical references as to if we'd have just beat this team this week, we'd have had the home field advantage. Or if we'd have beat this team this week, we'd have had the home field advantage. If we'd have had home field advantage, we'd have won two Super Bowls or we'd have won three Super Bowls. And you know, I'd use all kinds of ifs and buts. Right. You know, to convince these guys, put in a little extra this week. I keep hearing guys go, we're going to do what we do. We're going to key in, take it one game at a time. But no, 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 no. Don't do one game at a time. Don't do what you do. Do what you do plus. And then do take this, like, one more game at a time plus. Make this an extra emphasis because when you get into the playoffs, you spend a little more time. That's no doubt. Right. You spend a little more time on your film. You spend a little more time in the weight room. You spend a little more time on that training table doing all the techniques that we said don't work. You do all this stuff right. extra when it reaches the playoffs. This is a playoff game. You're banging. I'm excited. So um, I'm glad you bring that up, though, because it was interesting how because of what you guys did as a team in 2010, going on the road and winning at Philly, at Atlanta, and at Chicago – that there seemed to be in the Packers fan base a mentality of, well, it doesn't matter. Home field doesn't matter. And and quite frankly, you it guys lost matter. some home games. Let's be honest. It doesn't matter. Let's look back. How many wild card teams have won a Super Bowl? I don't know. Not many. I'm almost positive it's four, and I was I know this because I was on two of them. It's not easy. <laughs> Super Bowl. What Super Bowl is this? Fifty three. I believe so. Yes. Fifty three years. Only four. Have done the four away or the three away games in a Super Bowl. Uh, it's, it's the a, Giants did it. You were on the the Steelers. The, the Giants, team that did it. the Steelers, the Ravens, and us. I think that's it. If if we're wrong, somebody tweeted us and tell us how terrible. Of course, we are. Not, of course, we're not on live, so who knows? But but that's the thing. I mean, and and look, you guys did lose some home playoff games. That is possible. I get it, but especially when you look at some of the other teams that are in this. When you look about. It, you don't want to go to New Orleans. No. You don't want to go to that place. That place is, and I, I've Absolutely seen not. that place firsthand rocking. On both sides. On both sides. 
No, you don't <laughs> want to go there as a Green Bay Packer team. You don't want to go to Seattle because of the ghosts of Packers and Seahawks past that just lie up there. <laughs> that place but, but, by with the fail you're Mary right. yes, and the right. 2014 season opener and then the NFC Championship game. No, you don't want to go there either. So if you're home, you're it's in much, good shape. You've sweeter. got the opportunity. Well. We will see what happens in San Francisco, or Santa Clara, as it were, uh, on Sunday night. And we'll be back to talk about that and look ahead to the Giants, which will be the game. That's a, it's an interesting tour to go San Francisco and New York in the span of a two. That's not. I understand the Giants are scuffling. Well, that's not ideal. Uh, yeah, especially figuring that this game got flexed. You're not going to get home till 6 in the morning. That's a that's going to be an extra short week because of that. The good news is when you go to the East Coast, I like to joke around with people and say you get an extra hour of sleep because the clocks get turned ahead an hour. <laughs> you're are you going to be extra grouchy next week because you'll be because you, you're on that plane, you're flying back. Yeah, well, listen, I'm gonna uh, no, I'm not going to be extra grouchy next week because I'm going to the East Coast. That's where I'm from, Jason. I'm, okay. I'm excited uh, to head. Well, back you're gonna to be, my, you got to catch head up back, on your sleep. I'm going to head back to my roots. They are some great roots, and it is great to do week seven of the Coon Podcast. Week eight, straight ahead next week. Thanks for coming along for the ride. It's the John Coon Podcast. We'll see you next time.